Welcome to the Black Moose First Podcast. I'm your host, Alton Jamison. I've made the journey from having an incarcerated father to becoming an engineer to transitioning to a professional speaker and author. And now I am the founder and chief chess player of Black Moose First. Black Moose First is a company that offers chess boards and accessories, apparel and personal development products that empower people like you to change the world one move at a time. In the game of chess, white pieces always move first, which is an advantage, and the black pieces move second, which is a disadvantage. Black moves first is more than an oxymoron in chess. Instead, it calls for people to strive for success, even when the odds are against you. To strive for success, even when you may not have the advantages of others. Our motto is, changing the world one move at a time. This podcast explores the stories of how people have overcome adversity to make their own moves and change their own world, whether in the game of chess or in the game of life. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. This is episode eight with one of my favorite, favorite people in the world, Ms. Deetra Trueheart. How are you doing today, sis? I'm good. How are you? It's so good to see your face. It's so good to see you. And for those of you who are not familiar with uh, this wonderful woman of God, young lady, however she refers to herself, uh, I, you're going to be impressed. And I, you know, Dietra, I will say, you know, before we kind of dive into it, um, I really want to kind of talk about kind of your background all the way to where you are now, because you you have a lot. I mean, you know, you I mean, you have a lot of experience in a lot of areas. We're going to do our best to touch on it. But I would like to say to the audience that uh, this is just an absolute just I've met her, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. And there are a lot of people who don't stay consistent to their vision, to what God has called them to do. You know, all of us evolve. But her message and her passion has always stayed consistent. And I just, you know, I admire that about anybody who can just stay to the grind, stay to the hustle. Um, the ups and downs of just trying to bring a, a vision into fruition is a lot for those of you who don't know. So, I, first of all, I just want to commend you for just being who you are in God. And I, I just really, I do respect that, you know, respect that and respect you as a woman of God, mom, all, all, of, all of the above. So I just wanted to honor you first before we, we get this podcast rolling. I appreciate that. Um, that means a lot because, um, you know, we do have history. And so to be able to be connected with, you know, good people, right, for an extended period of time um, and to not have to talk every day, right, right. Um, because you have lives, right, businesses, lives, kids, you know, all the things. And it, it means a lot because, I try to be consistent. Right. And so we've heard in the industry, right, that, you know, there are people who come and go, you know what I'm saying? Or they touch here and they touch there and they're here, they here with this and then there with that. And, you know, I think overall um, to be in a space and to be able to. And it's crazy that you say that, because every now and then when I see my Facebook messages pop up in the memories and I see stuff from like 2011, 2012, 2014, and the message is consistent. And I'm like, yo, you know, and this is this a nugget for those of y'all who are watching, listening, however you're taking this in, that sometimes you need to be reminded that you that you still got it. You know what I'm saying? And that you never lost it. Like sometimes you need to be reminded. You need to look at your stuff and be like, yo, like I've been doing this. Like that was I was, you know, you read your own message like you didn't write it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that was good. And so I appreciate that because sometimes we need to be reminded that our consistency and that our endurance and our perseverance and our faith, right? It matters. And so sometimes, you know, when life and things happen, you know, it's good to be consistent in the good stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like we can, some stuff we can stop being consistent in, but the things that matter, it's good to be consistent in those. So I appreciate you for that. Oh, no problem. And I, and I, and I just share, you know, that it, to, to have a message where you speak in life to people, people don't realize, or my message is taken off handcuffs. People don't realize what happens when, you know, you don't want to speak life to yourself or you feel like you're in handcuffs. 
And so that's what I just want to share with people that, as people say, sometimes it takes 10 years to be overnight success. Mm-hmm. And, and, and one thing you got to get, and you'll get out this podcast and we'll kick off into your background. But I just want to say that, you know, you, you I really, uh, you know, I like to call it professional chemistry. You know, I think there are certain people I got professional chemistry with that I just, I love their, their, their vibe, their grind, their message. And, and Deitra is definitely, definitely one of us. So tell us, tell us about your background. Um, I know you, you know, you're, you're in the pageant world and you mentor girls, but maybe kind of tell us from, you know, how far, however far you want to go back. You, you tell us. So I'll give you um, the short of the long um, because Alton knows we can both go right. We can be, we can be here on this podcast for a while and, 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 and y'all will stay around because the conversation would be that good. Like, let me just say, you know, some podcasts you'd be like, how long is this podcast? And we listen on like five minutes. Like you would say, I promise. But um, I started dancing at three um, and went through the process of dancing and, um, Danced all the way through till I was about 20 something ish. And before I started pageants, I was a dancer. And so I happened to, my mom had put me in a specific dance school and we just started competing across the country. And so literally like specifically over the summers, but even sometimes like when we were on breaks or on weekends, um, you know, those dance competitions that you would see, you know, dance moms and stuff like that. Like we did that stuff, but we traveled as a crew. And we were good and we won. Like one of the things that I tell people is that in the space that I was in and doing pageants and stuff, like I won. Like I didn't do it. Like I have trophies. Like I, when we t- nowadays we call it receipts. I have receipts. And so I started out doing pageants. I mean, doing dancing. And then around 14 or 15, um, a young lady, woman, I don't know how old she was at the time, but she happened to see me dance and asked my mom if I could get involved in doing pageants. And I don't know if you're familiar with the AXO program through the NAACP, Alton, years ago. So it was like a national competition where they would have local competitions where you could, and I can't remember what um, AXO is now, but it's like academic, cultural, technological, something, scientific our Olympics. I think that's what it was. So um, dancers, photographers, like, like all, it was literally like the black Olympics for kids. And so I competed two years in a row in dance. And the one year I competed in photography, which a lot of people don't know. And the funny part is I won the local competition in photography, right? Um, no, I won the local competition in dance, but then when I went to the national competition, I won a, a bronze medal in photography. <laughs> I did not know that. I, I, you know what? It's funny because I don't know how many people know that, right? Obviously people who like grew up with me or whatever, but, um, but yeah, so I did that for two years in a row, my junior, senior year of high school, I obviously transitioned, um, into doing pageants. So I did pageants for about eight years traveled across the country. I did the Miss America system, Miss Black USA, um, Miss Black World, like all the things, trophies, winning. I mean, I paid for college doing pageants. That's how I paid for college. Wow. Mm -hmm. My undergraduate degree, I graduated with $2,500 in student loans. And I went to a private institution. That's big. Yeah. Um, kudos to my mom for that, though, because I remember the first $10,000 check I got and I was like, yo, we going shopping. <laughs> and she was like, no, she's like, we're going to take half of this, put it in the account and the other half of this, we're going to pay them student loans. And so like she was wise in that area. Um, so go on to pageants. I do pageants. I create my own nonprofit um, called the Young Miss Buffalo Scholarship and Enrichment Program um, locally here in Buffalo, New York. And we're actually we just celebrated 20 years last year, but we weren't able to celebrate it due to COVID. So we still have some type of celebration we want to have. But um, I have been doing that for 20 years. And um It was a four month, I shouldn't say was, but it is, even though we're, you know, on hiatus, but a four month program, um, scholarship and enrichment where we do seven habits of highly effective teens, personal development workshops. And it really is a program just to introduce young women to the process of showing up um, with your A game, like presenting your best self. Right. And so many of the girls never go on to do pageants, which was not the purpose of it. But that was what I that was my way of introducing them to the stage. Right. So whatever your stage is, you show up and you present your A game. And so it may not be on a stage stage, but they would get 
etiquette, you know, uh, public speaking, all types of skills, etiquette, dress for success, all that kind of stuff. And it was during that time that um, when I won the Miss Buffalo pageant in 1997, I'm dating myself, y'all. And I remember speaking in front of a group of, I think it was like sixth, seventh, and eighth graders at my alma mater, my elementary school. And I remember, and I'm sure you can identify with this, Alton, that moment when you realize, like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. It's like that bug, that fire, like, and I had never experienced it before. Now, mind you, I had been on stages dancing. I never had a desire to um, to go on Broadway. As a matter of fact, I auditioned really by accident, just because my dance teacher was like, let's go go to New York and audition. I had auditioned for an off-Broadway show called Black and Blue and got the part. Wow. And I turned it down because, um, for one, that was never really like my dream dream, but I would be going to Germany, like all over the country dancing, making really good money. Um, But the side part also was that I had just started, y'all, maybe some of y'all didn't, but I was one of those people who started my... uh, my years in college um, on academic probation because I didn't know anything about college. I didn't know anything about like withdrawing from classes and professors sucking and all that kind of stuff. And so I stayed in classes that I didn't know I could withdraw from. So my first year was academic probation. So I spent like my sophomore year and my junior year getting myself up to par. And so when this opportunity came, I felt like, man, like I'm trying to, you know, do a little something here academically. And so I decided not to do it. Um, But it was at that point that I was like, yo, like speaking is my thing. Like, I I don't know what this is. Now, mind you, back in that day, we had Les Browns and Zig Ziglar's like up now. Everybody's a motivational speaker. Everybody's making $10,000 literally like to speak like everybody's doing it. People weren't doing it back then. And so I didn't know what that meant for me, but I knew that speaking was my thing. And so I started on, you know, you uh, becoming I wanted to become a motivational youth speaker. And that was technically how you and I met, like when I was really trying to get into and I found this guy online and he was talking about, you know, um, no more handcuffs. And he was, you know, and I reached out to him and unlike which I really am. So I really just want to give you shout outs and kudos for he responded to my message and he took some time to pour into me and to coach me and to help me along the way. Um, When most people, you know, somebody who just will send nowadays, people are a little bit more open to that because you can, you know, catch me in my DMs and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Right. Right. We, you know, don't slide in my DM, but I'm just saying, right. So, um, but you know, we could, you know, back then you send somebody an email and you might get a response and you might not. And so that was kind of like the beginning of the process of speaking and all that kind of stuff. Um, I had received my call to minister in my, when I was in Indianapolis, getting my first master's degree around 2003, 2004. I didn't really know what that looked like because I didn't want to be a preacher. Like I, and to be honest, I didn't, there were so many different things, you know, in that space. And so, um, I mean, there's so many, like I could keep going, but I think ultimately like I'm here now. Um, and I remember in 2011 when I was pregnant with my son, I kept hearing God talk to me about coaching women. I kept hearing the words coach and I kept hearing the words women. And I kept saying, well, what does that mean? Cause I'm not coaching women. I'm not, you know, whatever it's fast forward to now. That's exactly what I'm doing. Operating in ministry. Um, get, I get an opportunity to be able to operate in the prophetic and the spiritual realm as a coach. Um, and not only just coaching, but really being able to help usher women into a place of healing and growth um, and empowerment, you know, um, in a way that God will have them to. And so there's so many different pieces in between that, but that's literally how I kind of, got it going right with the speaking and you know with the pageant most people asked me how did I start True Heart Speaks but True Heart Speaks came out of YMBP the Young Miss Buffalo pageant because people wanted me to come speak about what I was doing with the girls and so that kind of jump started there and then it just kind of took off and in the Young Miss Buffalo pageant our motto is helping young women to become their best and that's literally what I do with my company now and the crazy part about that is I used to share with the parents and specifically the moms of our girls because we would do an orientation and in that orientation um, a lot of the moms would say well I just want her to have confidence I just want her to you know I want her to be what I wasn't or I want her to have what I didn't have and I would always tell the moms 
that's great, but you but why let's work on you too. Right? It's okay for her to have confidence, but why let's it's not too late for you to have confidence. And so fast forward to now that those moms, those wives, whoever they are that I had opportunities with over the past 20 years, I'm now literally doing that in this space. So it has somewhat come full circle. And like I told y'all, we could be here all day, but yeah. that's like the, the crux of with some stuff in between that, you know. That's awesome. We're going we're gonna to unpack some of that. You know, one of the things that I want you to talk more about is... Uh, share more about your company and how you coach women. And I commend you for coaching because I did, you know, my master's is the emphasis in coaching. And when I started coaching some people, it was draining. I know I just said, I just said, you know what? I am, I am not, I took coaching, I think off my website. And I realized that coaching is a lot more than just, Hey, let me give you some advice on, on how to do that. I mean, coaching I mean, there's a gift that it, I can definitely see how the prophetic for sure, because you really got to see what's going on with the individuals that you're coaching. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I commend you for that. Now, a lot of people take up that moniker of, you know, I'm a coach, I'm a coach, I'm a coach. But it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a skill to being a coach. So tell us more, uh, Dietra, about kind of like your company, all the things that, you know, that you offer through your company and the things that you do through your organization. Okay, so True Heart Speaks is a um, lifestyle management and empowerment uh, company. And so we do personal development and faith-based strategies for really women. I know that God is calling me to leaders at some point. Um, He has shared that with me. And so I do have a desire. I've always loved just teachings around leadership and that sort of thing and equipping leaders. But my mantle right now really is working with women, um, you know, high achievers, but women who are silently overwhelmed and just frustrated with, you know, the process of overthinking life. Right. And so through coaching, um, online programs and products and um, and speaking, and really over COVID, most of, mostly all of what I do is online. Um, I do online coaching through Zoom. I do my online programs um, through Zoom. And then I have some automated things where people just can buy digital products. Um, but really the goal is to help women to get out of their own way. And more importantly, to help them to be in a space where they can stop putting themselves on the sideline for everybody else. Um, you know, as caretakers, as nurturers, um, even if you're not a wife, even if you're not a mom, I find women who just, you know, they're doing all the things, right? Showing up to all the board meetings, showing up to all the committee meetings, right? The sorority meetings, whatever it is. And they're still not, they got this plate full of things and they're not on it. And so what does it look like for self-care? What does it look like to redefine what putting you first looks like? What does it look like to become your best, right? What does it look like to challenge the status quo and the stereotypes of what women have been told that they were supposed to do and how they're supposed to act and all of these things and really to seek God for how you can show up fully for yourself. And the reality is, is, is that it's scriptural for us to love ourselves the way that we love neighbors as we love ourselves. But we tend to, oh, well, we got to love our neighbor. Well, you don't even like you. So how can you love your neighbor? Right. So, you know, really going back to, because there is this kind of like, um, conversation around some people saying that, you know, like this, this whole movement around self-love and all of that kind of stuff is not, is in, is in opposition to the Bible. And it's not like, I believe that you've got to be able to love you, right? If you and, and really, if you can love you the way God loves you, because you've got to be able to see you the way he sees you, right? That's key. And so when you can see you the way he sees you and you can love you the way you love you, the way he loves you, then you can love people the way you love you because the way it's the way he loves you. Right. And yeah. so really, um, I, I get an opportunity through my company to be able to not only, again, provide, you know, personal development and personal growth strategies, but to be able to infuse that with um, biblical principles for us to be able to operate and show up in a way that God would want us to show up in. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I You know, even in my devotion time this morning, one thing that God was I was just meditating on was just the image that I have on myself and the image that he has of me, Mm -hmm. you know, and where the discrepancies at. And I have seen, 
you know, whether, especially, uh, you know, we're, we're referring obviously to women right now, but men as well. I mean, mm-hmm. just, you know, men. but in terms of women, like you said, I've seen a lot of women, whether they're moms, wives, et cetera, and they're, they're running a hundred miles an hour with it. You know, the kids are taking care of the house. They're, you know, they're juggling, riding a unicycle <laughs> and, and changing the oil all at the same time. And exhausted. And exhausted. And how do you not to give away all your secrets? Obviously, you know, you're a coach, but what are some tips that you have that you can provide for the people who are in this situation? I mean, of course, I want them to reach out to you, but the people who are listening now, I mean, how how do I go from saving the world to saying it's okay for me to take 30 minutes for myself? Well, I think the first part is you got to give yourself permission to do that. Um, and that's huge because, and you've got, and you've got to recognize that you're worthy of it. Right. And so I find a lot of women, like I, this wasn't even a, um, I I have a friend that I support who does, she has a sales agency. And so, um, she contracts me every so often to help her as one of the coaches, the success coaches. And I had a conversation with a woman who was like an executive director of a nonprofit. She was, um, I think she was like just starting her Mary Kay business. She was just recently married. Um, and like there were a couple of things, child. And 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 she was tired. And I said, you know, and I specifically just asked her, I said, well, where are you in this equation? <laughs> right. Right. And so I think the bigger thing is for you to decide where you are. Like when you have this calendar of all these things on your phone and you look at all of your to do lists, where are you? That's that would that's normally the first thing that I ask. Those are the conversations. Where are you (laughs) and why are you not a priority? And then we and then we unpack that in the coaching because there's some inner work that's got to be done for you to be able to take some action around acknowledging that you don't put you first, acknowledging why you don't put you first and then figuring out how to put you first. You know, Deetra, I know a lot of people and I've heard you talk about it. They get stuck. Right. So how do you help people get unstuck? Because I have seen where. uh and, and I want to apply this, you know, obviously I know you're referring to women, but I, I, you know, guys as well. But I've seen people where they, you know, they got the available information. Mm-hmm. They got all the books on the shelf. You can go to YouTube, <laughs> you know, you can go to YouTube and see who the latest, you know, speaker is for the hour. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, but they're not putting anything in the practice. I mean, they're not doing anything. It's almost information overload. overload. Uh, yep. And it's just too much. <laughs> I mean, and I I even said as an entrepreneur where I'll be watching somebody else's podcast and they'll mention a name and then I go check them out. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know what? I can't. And I just stop because after a while, I'm trying to chase everybody's system and program. And, um, you know, I just spent a million dollars trying to make twenty dollars, you know, because I'm trying to read this book and that. But, But how do you help people get unstuck? Um, so a few of things, few things that I do to help them get unstuck is, um, obviously we identify where you are. Um, but one of the things that I really challenge people to do and specifically women, but men in general, right? We, let's just talk about everybody. Cause this stuff I think can be applicable to men and women. Um, the first thing that I, I challenge you to do is get quiet, which is something that we don't do often. And that is a message that, um, I'm actually going to get back into sharing more of. I have a, um, a training actually called, um, get quiet, how to hear more clearly from God. Right. And part of that really is there's two components around getting quiet just so that you can kind of have some solids and so that your brain can kind of process some things, but then also getting quiet so the Holy Spirit can speak to you. Right. But part of that getting unstuck is, is quieting yourself, right? Stop being a busybody. Um, you know, identifying where you are, right? Some of us are just in denial. And so we keep moving and we need to be still about the fact that we're the reason why we're stuck, right? And so once you get quiet and once you can kind of sit in a space and you can look around and you can take stock and you can say, dang, like, I've been here for a minute, right? It's like the the dog chasing the tail, right? You're just chasing your tail, chasing your tail, chasing your tail. And so we can have a conversation around then clarity, like what clarity looks like, right? What exactly is it that you're trying to do? Where exactly are you trying to go? And also what steps is it going to take in order for you to get there? And, um, 
and for me, if, you know, if God moves and, you know, and the Holy Spirit speaks, then there are other things I say, well, you know, tell me about this. And they're like, <laughs> how you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because sometimes right. there's some stuff that's, you know, underneath, right? And it's crazy because um, my Push Into Purpose masterclass is a four-week series. We deal with that, right? And so we deal with pressing plastic pressing past fears, um, getting unstuck, staying in your own lane. And we also deal with healing so that you can help. Right. And um, week two is getting unstuck. And so one of the class, one of the questions that I ask in that is, are you a life spectator or a life participator? I like that. I like that. Right. Are you participating in your own life or are you just watching like you see your life, but you're not real. You just like you said, information overload you taking all of this stuff in but you're not doing anything with it or you don't know what to do with it right and so that's also where coaching comes in because you're like i have this i know that this is but i just i don't i don't know how to process it i don't know what to do with it i don't know how to move forward i literally am paralyzed because i've got all of this information and now i'm like i don't even know where to start because some of it is all it's it's contradictory right one person is telling you to do this another person is telling you to do that another person is telling you to do it this way and you're like well what's the right way and the reality is is it all works it's just that it really is a deciding factor of which one you want to implement i agree you know one thing and you, you said a lot in that i think what what people miss is that there are people who have the solution to what you're struggling with. Mm-hmm. And, and that, you know, I remember when I wanted to start a, start a podcast, um, my colleague, she's a professional videographer out of San Diego, and she helps people start podcasts. Wow. Um, so, I mean, you know, so now I got a decision to make, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so either I'm going to invest in a program or I'm going to try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what a lot of people do. And, and I've learned that even as my career, and I'm you know, going to ask you this question, like as, a, as an entrepreneur myself, I've had to invest in books and programs and other people. And even when Dietra mentioned how I helped her out and responded to her email, that was because, hey, back, you know, she may not know the story, but back in 2001, when I, I saw Tavis Smiley on a Black Enterprise magazine, and, I, and he talked about being a motivational speaker, and I said, that's what I wanted to do. And I called everybody in the book. Mm. And the lady that called me back was named Kathleen Hassan. Mm. And, and she helped me get started. And I just made a commitment that if anybody ever asked me, I'm going to return that, you know, return that favor. But wow. the, the, the thing that I've learned and I want to ask you as an entrepreneur is that in order to become better, you know, when you first got to invest in yourself and learn and learn your own deficits and strengths. And so that you can effectively help others. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, my question is, Dietra, what are some of the things that you do to keep you from being unstuck or to build your own confidence or to, you know, to get you through the days in which you're like, I ain't speaking life to nobody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how do, what, do you, what do you do on those days? <laughs> um, listen, you're like, I ain't talking to none of y'all. You hear me? <laughs> um. You know, the, the interesting thing is, is I do the things that I teach. So I get quiet. I do lots of journaling. Um, I take naps. Child, listen, naps are bae, okay? Not bacon and eggs. They are bae. Listen, right? So I take naps. Um, I have a coach. So obviously, um, I joined a mastermind back in October. And so one of the great parts about being in community with people who are going where you're going is I have a community of women and my coach where I can say, hey, this is where I am. You know, this is where I'm stuck. I'm having issues here. This is what's this is what happened. I don't know what went wrong. Right. And so I have a community. Right. But but prior to that, I had I wasn't in a mastermind, but I would have coaches and programs and stuff like that. Um, But a lot of it was prayer time. Um, a lot of it was, you know, you know, reading, like, I mean, obviously there are different facets to it, but I think like overall, you know, I try to position myself in space and I have friends, like I have girlfriends where we, we have an understanding that like, if I call or she calls and it's like, do you know, you'll say, Hey, you got a moment. It's like, yeah, I got a moment. What's up? It's like, I just need to vent. Right. Say what you got to say get it off your chest and it's like you good you need anything else nope i'm good and you move and now i'm ready to speak like <laughs> right so 
you know, and, and or and vice versa, right? And so sometimes you just need to get some stuff out, right? Sometimes you just need to go to the car and scream, right? At the top of your lungs, like, okay, I don't get it. But I think you've got to figure out like what that thing is for you. And you have to have multiple outlets around what things can help you not only be motivated, but also can allow you to be self-motivated, right? And then the other part is I'm learning specifically now. um, And not that I had learned a thing because dancing pageants, all of that teach you discipline, but there's a different type of discipline and you can share this in entrepreneurship. It's different. It is. It's different. And so I'm learning and reminding myself daily that discipline kicks in when motivation runs out. That's it. That's it. You know, so yeah. um, So no, I was just going to say, so when there are moments when I don't want to speak life, like there are moments where like waking up at seven o'clock, six o'clock in the morning to do my Wednesday life scope at seven 15 in the morning, there are days that I'm like, Ooh, goodness. No, (laughs) just cannot. You know what I'm saying? And then when I kick in, And then I'm seeing people are like, yo, like I needed this message. Like, you know, I hopped up on this message this morning and it was exactly what I needed. The discipline kicked in when the motivation said, child, just push the snooze button. Tell them you'll be back next week. Yeah. And I think what, you know, uh, kind of two points is I want to talk about entrepreneurship with you as well as ministry. I think people. You have to understand an entrepreneurship. Everybody's excited when you start something. (laughs) Right. You know, every everybody's excited. You know, my, my football coach would say it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And and you gotta really one of the my brothers, uh Joshua Fredenberg, I commend them a lot because he's a college speaker. And the moment stuff shut down, he got onto the PPP stuff, he got his virtual setup, he got the audio. I mean, this brother. Wow. I mean, he never allowed, even getting COVID himself, he never allowed his grind to stop. Mm-hmm. And, and the brother just went from speaking every week to virtual. Boom. Wow. So I'm now, so even if I don't travel, I'm killing it. Mm-hmm. It still makes and, and what people don't understand is that being an entrepreneur says, you know, I might be doing this Wednesday, but if I got to adjust on Thursday, I got to move forward. And being an entrepreneur, also, people got to understand is that. People who are buying my products or chess boards or shirts or other stuff is not always my aunt and uncles. Right? You know, we uh, I mean, we just had our first order to Hungary and it wasn't because my cousin Ray Ray bought it. A lot of times, you know, your family. Right. A lot of times your family who may need your services. Yeah. Don't even support or believe in your services. So mm-hmm. there's so much we can say. What did you I want to ask you, what are some of the the most valuable or the tough lessons that you've learned over all of these years being a, an entrepreneur. And then as well as not to I always highlight this, cause I had another a black female entrepreneur, but talk about also any additional challenges that you may face as a black female entrepreneur mm-hmm. as, as well. If you wouldn't mind sharing that. Mm-hmm. I think um, the first challenge is not knowing what you don't know. Like there's a lot of stuff out here that um, I would say fortunately and unfortunately, like sometimes you have to pay to play. Like you got to play, you got to pay to get in the room. And then if you don't get in the room, you don't know it. And so, um, you know, there are things that I just didn't know. You know what I mean? Like not looking back. And I tell this all the time for people like, and you like, it's been important, but like, we don't talk about the idea of making sure, like, if you are deciding that you want to go into business, you need to just like you got an emergency fund child, you need to have a business fund, right? You need to be able to have money to invest in like, you know, you go with like back in the day, people used to get, you know, and if it was able, you could fly with it then child, but you can't, well, first people are not using business cards that much anymore, but you could fly with a Vistaprint business card, you know, back in the day, right? You could get away with making it yourself, right? But nowadays we have Canva and we got all the things (laughs) that you can, you can look like, you know what you're doing, right? Um, But like, you know, people would invest in like business cards and, you know, people would, you know, 
um, weren't clear on who their target audience was. They don't know who they're serving, right? And so they think like they're just going to come up. And and so for me, I think the struggle was learning that um, my audience wasn't my family, my audience wasn't my friends, um, and that it wasn't anything that I that they it wasn't anything against me. It was that I was expecting them to support something that to some extent maybe they you know at least at then at the time my first level of entrepreneurial entrepreneurship was um with mary Kay. so how many lipsticks they gonna buy like you know i don't bought I, I i don't wear that color like how many you want me, you know and so i think for me it was not knowing what i didn't know um really being of the mindset of and i just my coach just said this um not too long ago and she says every year she says i make it a point to be in a mastermind she says, I'm always investing in my business because I'm always growing. And so, again, that whole point around you don't know what you don't know, that you have you have to decide that you are going to consistently invest in yourself, in your brand, um, in your business, in your marketing. Like there are levels to this. And so it never stops. Like when yeah. you see those commercials, you know, on the Super Bowl, child, they've been planning for that. They got a budget, million, billion dollar budget to show y'all them eight commercials that you're going to see to make you want to go get them Doritos. Yeah. I, th- I think you, pe- people don't realize um, just so much is involved. And one of the things that I have even went through recently was, well, who's actually my customer, my avatar, like who's my ideal customer. So I just, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, it was this, but then when I looked at, sales of my history, it was like a certain range of uh, black females that were actually the ones who were purchasing my products. And I'm not talking about the people who are making comments or, hey, that blessed me, brother. But I'm talking about when I physically looked at, mm-hmm. hey, who's buying my stuff? Mm-hmm. And it was like black females in this range. And I didn't even realize mm-hmm. that I'm speaking to that particular group. And and when I went through this podcast that um, that we're doing, um, that was one of the things they challenged me to. And then, of course, in my mind, I was like, well, my message is for everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you start to look at the numbers, right, don't when you look at the numbers and saying, well, like who's signing up for a program? Who really bought that book Mm -hmm. or who really, you know, bought my T-shirt or whatever, who helped me or helped me get booked? Like even when I was speaking full time, doing no more handcuffs was about as black as black you can get on a message. Ninety eight percent of the people booking me were white female teachers. Yep. Because they had minority students mm-hmm. and they didn't know what to do. I mean, they just graduated two weeks ago. Yep. And they wanted somebody to come in. And I said, well, wait a minute, here I am. I'm trying to target the black principal and I'm yep. trying to, you know, the Joe Clarks and all of these other people. And it was, you know, the white females and all of these Massachusetts and other places yep. who was actually my avatar. And and I can't stress that enough. And I know uh, Dietra mentioned is that you have to know who you're selling your, uh, you know, who your customer is. There's a, as a young lady, I'm hopefully I can get on our podcast that she does the, uh, the Godlywood girl, mm. um, Godlywood girl TV, Stephanie Rodnes and, a, a wonderful, uh, uh, entrepreneur. And it's incredible. And her target is basically female Christian women who want to start an online business. Mm-hmm. Can't get and no I, more specific than that. And then she'll break it down to the age group and who want to glorify God through their bit. I mean, she is so targeted. Mm-hmm. And I even tried to sign up for, she does like a Gollywood university and, you know, it's an X amount of dollars a month. And I was like, Hey, Stephanie, I think I want to sign up for that. And she was like, no, you already have books. You already have stuff. I recommend you do this. This is really designed for this group. And you know what? And now, first of all, I'm like, well, man, I was going to pay for it. <laughs> you know, I didn't have like, you know, my, mm-hmm. my WIC card. My WIC yeah. But then when I stepped back and I was like, that had it. to be the best rejection mm-hmm. I had because she is so focused. And she's did it to me like once, I think once or twice where and I and I've sold it to our border products. Don't get me wrong. But she's so focused that if she sees somebody 
who wants to join her organization that may not be in alignment or she can direct them in a different path, she'll turn down that money to stay on. And, I, that, and, that's, dope, and these, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. And we're, but you don't know what you don't know. And so the problem is we don't know what we don't know because, you know, people are now granted. Yes. Go get the DBA, get the LLC, um, you know, get the bank account, you know, get the banking, get the business, um, business bank account, right. Separate from your personal, get a business and a savings. Right. And so that was something that I just recently did because my accountant was like, you need to really start putting set, put your money aside for your taxes and all of that kind of stuff so that it's separate from what you're bringing in. So when the time comes around, all you got to do is write the check or give them the card. That's it. But there are people who even have more than one business account now. And I'm going to drop this nugget. Now I'm sure you've heard this Elton, but this is what literally tipped the scale for me specifically with the coach that I'm working with right now. Um, And I'm sure that there are tons of people. She's a black woman. Um, Her business hit 600,000 last year. And she, the first time that I, I took one of her courses, um, she had talked about the idea because we know as entrepreneurs, people talk about hitting six figures in your business, right? But there's a difference between hitting six figures in your business and profiting from six figures in your business, there right? You, go. So you can make six figures, but are you bringing home six figures? Right. That's the first one. First one, are you making it? Second one is, are you bringing it home? Um, or is your business profiting? Third one is, are you paying yourself six figures in your business? It's a difference. It's a difference. It's a, it's a difference. It's a. It's and a we big... are not talking about specifically in the black community. I had never, and really, in most of my people, I always hear. I've heard entrepreneurs all over the time, ta- all over town, talking about you know you, you want to hit six figures because the numbers of entrepreneurs who are hitting six figures is bleak. Right. Like most and specifically when they talk about black women, the average um, and I've heard this number multiple times of black women entrepreneurs, the average income that women uh, that they're bringing us is like twenty five thousand dollars. And so and and that's not even compared to others who are making one hundred thousand dollars. Right. And so we think we're making money. But like, can you and then I went to a training back in February and she broke it down even more saying like. You know, six figures is just a floor, child, because if you are at a point where you want to, and she just used the example of paying a virtual assistant $15 an hour, and I can't remember what the breakdown was, but basically whatever the breakdown was is over a span of time to have them help you and do what you're doing is based is $100,000. Yeah, I agree. You know, my, my, my uh, cousin, I typically don't do business with family, but he's a CPA and has his own kind of firm, black entrepreneur, as well as work full time. So one of the things we've been doing is getting all my books together, you know, paying him a month. Because what I noticed and what I, I did when I was speaking full time, I did a lot of things good in terms of being on stage, but I didn't do a lot of things well in terms of just, hey, man, I mean, I know it, lo- it looks like I'm making six figures because I made over this or that. But you're spinning, you're flying, you don't you look at your overhead. And so one thing that I want to do differently this time, I am doing differently, is you really got to have somebody that you pay, right? invest in or however you want to call it, that really can say, call it like it is. You know, yeah. you, you don't want to be the person saying, oh, I'm, you know, my business made $7 million last year, but you only, you know, you're still trying to pay your light bill. Mm-hmm. And but you're, you know, you don't mention that your expenses were eight million dollars last year. Yep. I mean, and you can know as well, Dietrich, just to have these lights on and these newsletters and all of this stuff. When you add up every, I mean, every service is at least ninety-seven dollars. It seems like mm-hmm. that's my thing. I mean, if you add up all the services. I mean, just to get in the game, yeah, you e- can easily get over a thousand dollars a month. I mean, mm-hmm. just to just to keep the lights on, yeah, uh, and and that's what people got to understand is that. What does it cost to run your business? What does it cost to run your business? And And we're not having those conversations. We're just having conversations around starting your start your business, sell your product, but you don't know who you're selling your product to. And to some extent, why like why are you in business? You know what I mean? Like, you know, because is is entrepreneurship cut out? Are you cut out for entrepreneurship? Because you might not be. Right. Because if you're not disciplined to stay the course and if you're not disciplined to finally make the decision to say, listen, this is like like we, this is do or die. Like we got to make this thing work because we have not been working. Right. Some of it is 
it's not working because you're not working. You're not working. You're not working. And it's not, it's a entrepreneurship has to be a mindset. This is not self-employment and there's a difference, right? So not a knock against my barbers and stylists, but outside of the ones who, I'm not talking about the ones who franchise and do it big, but if you're, let's say you're cutting air every day, you can make great money, but that's self-employment, right? Because if you don't have those clippers in your hand, you don't make you're not, you don't make any money. And so, but we're talking about entrepreneurship where can I build a system if I want to take a week off, I can still sell my digital products. People can still sign up for my coaching. And one thing that I'm really spending a lot of time on this time, Dietra, is one, I want to see, because, you know, my, my CPA, I want to see what my business is bringing in. I want to see where I'm making. And I want to see what I need to do increase to increase that. And then secondly, I got to really better understand my customer avatar mm-hmm. because... My ego might says, well, I'm good for everybody. But if I got to if I look at the numbers and say, man, my last 10 sales are all either females or black females. I am somehow speaking to that group mm-hmm. for something. So for me to before I go write a book about being a better dad. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And thinking and that's real talk. Right. Before, even though I feel like it's on my heart. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. You know, is there something here? that I'm speaking to that I don't even realize. Yeah. Or, or you're writing a book about being a better dad and wives buy it for their husbands. Right. 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 And that's one of the things that I've been learning around when we look at like avatars and stuff like that. And even when you talk about, um, you know, the teachers, you know, it's not the, you know, the students or the moms or even, for example, if you're if you have a, a product that's geared toward kids, the kids are not the ones who are buying your product. The parents are. And so that's right. who that's who your avatar is. Right. Even though the end result is kind of like I remember somebody saying something around, um, you know, uh, I can't remember when it was, but like when they talked about the people who are majority of the decision makers in the home, even though the men may make more, more money, the women are the ones who make the decisions, which is why a lot of times the, the, the marketing is geared toward, toward women because all they're, they're the ones that spending the money. And so if you don't have an understanding and I will be honest that I am in a season around studying marketing and branding a lot more because even though I know who my person is, I know who, I've taken the time to identify her name as Melissa. I gave her a name and everything, child. That's, that's what she's uh, supposed to do. Yep. Yep. And so when I'm talking, that's who I'm talking to. Right. And so there may be some people, right, even men who identify with the message that I'm sharing with Melissa, but that's who I'm talking to. And so I try to constantly, you know, and for those of you who you're if this, this can help you when I'm doing, you know, my social media posts and different things like that. I'm deciding what does Melissa need to hear today? Like, what does she need to hear in order to take whatever step she needs to in order to get out of her own way? But really take and and I think um, from an entrepreneur standpoint of what are the things that, you know, I wish I would have learned or paid attention to or even just at this point, I think we need to in business pay attention to the gaps and learn either how to and sometimes you want to hire Right. Hire your weaknesses. But I think it's also important. You know, it makes no sense to hire somebody to do social media and you don't know what you're doing. You don't know why you're hiring them for social media. You don't know who your person is. You don't have you're not clear about your message. Right. And I've seen it. People like, oh, well, I'm going to get somebody to help me with social media. You don't don't even post on social media. You don't know how you don't you're paying somebody to do something. And when they put it out, you're not getting the results because they're they don't they don't know your message. They don't know your voice. They haven't spent and you don't know your voice. So I think it's important in that space to take some time to figure out where those gaps are, right? So if money is a gap, um, I just finished listening to a book called um, Get Rich Lucky Bitch by Denise. I don't have, it's an audio book. But one Uh of the things that she talks about is, you know, really identifying, um, getting to the point of where, not that you are paying, like idolizing money, but you watch your money. Like how much mm-hmm. money do you have coming in on a daily basis? And so like I have a tracker now where and it's made the difference because if I have a goal, a weekly goal and like I'm not or a monthly goal and I'm not where I need to be, I'm already saying, OK, what can I do to bring in more money? 
versus getting to the end of the month and it's like, oh, shoot, like, wait, like, I didn't hit my goal. Yeah, who was that that said, and I don't know if it's Danielle Leslie or one of those people said, likes are not sales, mm-hmm. right? So when, when people, and that's, and, you know, and obviously we can, you know, we'll definitely have to get you back uh, in the future as well. But what people don't understand is that, you know, you, and I've even seen pastors, I heard a pastor say this beautifully. He said, look, I use social media to sell my books. He was straight up. He said, social media is the platform. And if you're not using social media to sell your products, you are misusing social media. I heard a pastor, a pastor say that. And, and that's the thing what a lot of people look at is, okay, well, I got whatever, X amount of Instagram followers. I have this or that. But if you're not monetizing that, and if you're right, then the issue, you know, you're after fame, not fortune, right? You're after the wrong thing Mm -hmm. and you're chasing chasing the wrong elephant. So what you got to understand is, yes, people may like it, but you got people on social media that you can put a shoe on Facebook and they're going to like your post. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just, that's just what they do, right? They just like it. They like it. And and so that's what people got to understand. And I can't stress enough of you really have to know your business as a brain surgeon knows the brain. You really have to understand what's, I mean, when I, even in this business I am now, I called, you know, chess distributors and said, hey, how can I wholesale your products? And I got spreadsheets on, all right, if I buy this board for five bucks, I can sell it for 15 bucks or my shirts cost me this or obviously this. And I, and I look at that. And I make sure that when I sell this, I'm going to profit this. And I constantly look at how can I, you know, increase my profit margin? Do I want to operate at a 30 percent margin or 60 percent profit margin? And I think a lot of people are just so caught up. Mm-hmm. And, and I've seen it a lot, even in the speaking industry where, hey, man, where are you speaking at? Oh, man, you know, this person called me the other day and this person might bring me in and over here just responded to my email, but they never answered the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they, you know, so in other words, you're not speaking anywhere. <laughs> you got a lot of people who could mm-hmm. bring you. And mm-hmm. I think that's what a lot of people are because you got to be real and you got to be transparent. And if your business is not where you want it to be, it's not doesn't mean you're a bad person. just means you got more work to do. Yeah. And like D said it best. You just sometimes you got to pay to be in the room. And I just yeah. I hate to say it, I just paid X amount. I don't know how much I paid to get on a uh, a guy who's, you know, made a million bucks selling T-shirts. So I'm selling T-shirts. I want to know. So I had to pay to get into the room. Yeah. And and then it's well, because people are not going to give away certain things for free. Like, I think at the end of the day, you can't expect people to give away the secrets of what they do and how they make their money so that you can take the information and continue to sit on it. Right. Because that's the other part is, is you want the information, but what are you going to do with it? And what I'm finding is, is that people who make investments are people who do the work. I very seldom see people who make, you know, now there's some people who child don't have nothing else to do. Right. They just I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy this. And it might be a four figure investment, whatever. Um, and they're just, you know, at the point of. I'm just going to do this. But most people who make investments and the higher the investment go, the more the, the higher the investment goes, the more vested you are in because you you don't you don't spend some coins and you, you like, you know, at the end of the day, I want to be able to get something out of this. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's it's it, it, it's it's worth it to be able to. Um, and I think the other part is get clear on what your goals are. Right. Get clear because some of it is is okay. So, you know, deciding on because, again, there's a saying like everybody who follows you is not your person. That's a whole nother conversation. Right. You got eleven thousand followers. But are those your people? Right. Right. Are they fans? Are they followers or are they potential leads? And so, you know, getting clear on that as well is important. And so those are, I think, just overall in this conversation, I think it's important. It's it's important for you to know that there is some work that you're going to have to do. There is some work that you're going to have to put into it. There is some research and some and, and some things that you're going to have to do. Um, but I, but I think also when it comes to money, um, knowing your numbers. Right. Mm-hmm. And learning what it means. You might have to pay somebody to teach you to, to figure out what you got to do with your number 
years. Like, what does this mean? What is, how do I do this? How do I, like, you may not know, right? And and so once you start to make money, right, then how how do you streamline it so that you so that your overhead is not more than what you're bringing in? Yeah, and I think people, uh, and that's one thing that I've learned. I mean, even when I made the investment to go through this podcast course, I was like, well, all right, man, I didn't just drop a nice little... <laughs> So this is not, you know, waiting to hear that we're starting this podcast like Friday. You know, I mean, like, boom, we're starting. You get motivated because you got to make that money back and figure out how to make the most of it. I got to get that money back. I got to make it going. And I was like, I'm not, you know, because I've been in the past. You know, you pay money to go to these workshops and stuff. Mm -hmm. You get excited. And then when the excitement wears off, you don't do anything with it. And I was just like, Mm -hmm. you can't. You can't live like that anymore. You can't you can't do that. And I can't stress enough where you got to determine what is it that you're trying to your your financial goal that you're trying to accomplish. So whether it's, you know, and don't just say I'm, you know, I just want to make seven figures. Right. Yeah. You know, but just just say, hey, what's my goal? Because you might be a part time entrepreneur. You might just want to bring enough so to pay for your kids college or other yeah. stuff. You may have different goals. I mean, I have my own personal goals that I want to accomplish. And as Dietra mentioned, you got to, you got to definitely know your numbers before we, we got a couple minutes left. uh, Share a little bit more about like maybe your, your family or some things you do in your local church in the community. Um, you know, it's COVID. So I've been hibernating y'all. So literally, you know, whoever, whenever y'all listen to this, we are in May, well, getting ready to go into May, but we're in, uh, you know, in 2020, 21, 2021. And so, you know, outside of, you know, it's chilly here now sitting up under my thermal blanket and, you know, trying to keep up with my soon to be 10 year old, um, you know, it, who is a ninja. So, you know, all those things. Right. Um, you know, and our church for right now is still virtual. So we are a global ministry. And so we spend uh, a lot of time. We have ministries in Dominican Republic, Haiti, Jamaica, Ghana and South Africa. So we've been spending a lot of time, you know, just focusing on how we can meet the needs of the people there, because, you know, like, you know, in the space that we're in, where it may seem like we're struggling, you know, most of those countries are third world countries. So, you know, you know, water, right, is a luxury in some of those spaces. So we've been spending time doing that. And I think for me, because I am, I know that God is is accelerating and elevating me ministerially. Um, I've been spending a lot of time studying, reading, really figuring out what this new level. And, and here's a lesson for some of you, whether it's ministry life, whatever the case, when you are called higher, like as you elevate, there's a different level of you that is required. And so I'm in the process really of figuring out what that new time requirement looks like, because what used to work, right, um, is I need more of it, right? I'm being called deeper. And so at any rate, that's kind of just, you know, where I am in that space. Like just really, I'm looking forward to go somewhere, right, on somebody's plane and put my toes in somebody's sand because I am, as I've said, I'm in Buffalo, New York. So it just snowed last week, literally. And so I'm like over it. But that's, you know, <laughs> and, yes, you know, people say, yeah, it's like you're from Buffalo. I still don't like the snow. Like just because I'm from here, don't I believe that I was? I believe I was placed here. I don't know if I was born here. Like I think, in, <laughs> like innately, I was on somebody's beach, you know, somewhere where it's 85 every day. Period. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, so like in these days, I really am just um enjoying quiet time, enjoying reading, enjoying my good shows, um really just heavily, you know, pushing in. Cause I'm like, okay, Lord, what does this new space look like for me? Like, I don't, I never, you know, we didn't really talk a lot about it, but I never really thought about, you know, operating in a space of ministry. And so I know that I have a call of intercessory prayer. I have a prophetic gift. I have, you know, I'm a preacher. So really just figuring out, I thought my business was going to be my ministry, which it's, it wow. is, but there is a level of ministry that God is starting to reveal. And so in, in my non-entrepreneurial time, I'm just trying to figure out what this whole ministry thing is because, 
for many people, like there's some people who like, I remember if you, I don't know but if you remember back in the day, there's always some people who walked around like, call me Bishop, you know, or they wanted to be a first lady. Or, you know, it was all, I was never one of those people, right? You didn't have to call me, you didn't have to call me nothing, right? Just call me by my first name. I'm good. So when I got that call to ministry, I just thought it was going to be True Heart Speaks would be the ministry. And so I don't know. I'm just, you know, buying a lot. Oh, I know what I'm doing. I'm gonna just not going to tell y'all my secret, but I'm going to tell y'all Amazon is the devil. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know that's right. I done had to cast them out a few times, but they keep coming back seven times. And I'm a part of a group. So we get like 50, 60, 70% off stuff. So it's like, see, see. And so it's like, oh, but it's only $12. Like, oh, but it's only. And so then you get these boxes it's coming in and I'm like, I didn't need, like, I just bought a, a, a thing of knives. Who needs another thing of knives? What am I cutting? <laughs> Right, just because they were colorful, it was twelve dollars. Right, I got them for sixty percent off, and you know, just it's just it's just totally not good, right? But I am trying to spend more time reading, and so I want to take some time out outside of that to all these books that I'm buying, um, you know, to actually read them. But I tend to be a seasonal reader, which means whatever season I'm in. You know, that like I may buy a book because it came out, but I may not read it like until three years later. So, you know what I mean? So I'm in a space now where I'm going back to some books that I've already read and going back to some books that I purchased but have yet to read. And the goal is to, you know, um, try to get some of those knocked out because I know in the season I'm going to need them. So that's a a little bit, but a lot of like what we doing around here. I'm really just trying to be cautious and careful and considerate, you know what I mean? And so hibernating is the best way to do that. Ordering my groceries, like, you know, just call me a a Susie virtual homemaker. Uh, That's, uh, you know, and I I would say that um, I can definitely see, and and I want you to share all your website and contact um, as we wrap up, but I can definitely, you know, even when I met you some years ago that, you know, there's definitely a call in ministry for something, for sure. And um, and I, you know, I've watched a couple of your videos you've had, and you can definitely tell there's something you know greater than even what you're doing now. But whatever it is, it's going to be authentic, and it, and it's going to be at the right time. And I'm just excited to see what God's going to do in your life. So share with everybody how to get in cut, touch with you, your books, journals, whatever you got. Awesome. So I can let me see here. So the first thing is go to trueheartspeaks.com. That's my website. If you scroll down, there is a, a freebie that I give away. It's a free mini masterclass. It's called How to Get Out of Your Own Way in Three Ways Today, right? Three Ways to Get Out of Your Own Way Today. It's about 15 minutes. Um, it's an audio download. And so go and get that so that you can start getting out of your own way, child. And then um, I'm on social media all over the place. So Instagram, Facebook, and Clubhouse, I am under uh, True Heart Speaks. And then YouTube and LinkedIn, you can find me under my name, Deetra Trueheart. And I do have a book um, right there. It's called 30 Days of Thanks. Um, it is my daily devotional. Um, as a matter of fact, have it right here. I'll show y'all. Um, it's my daily devotional for cultivating an attitude of gratitude. And then there is an accompanying journal, devotional journal that goes with it. And so every day for 30 days, um, I give you something to be grateful for. And so I actually started doing 30 days of thanks probably around 2012 and I published it as a book. Um, it was a, a devotional, it was an e-devotional people could subscribe for free and get the 30 days. And so now you can buy the book and have it yourself. And people used to say, can you just put it into a book? And you one of the things that you'll learn about me is, is I don't do things just because people ask me to, I do it when I'm led. And so around 2016, I think it was, I felt like, okay, Lord, I think this is the time. And so I self-published my book. And so um, you can take advantage of that. Um, And at some point I'm going to be relaunching my I Speak Life Live gear along with some other stuff. And so I'll have hoodies and um, t-shirts and not only stuff for women, but the hoodies that the men can rock, right? Because we all want to be speaking life. Um, And I think, you know, I think that's about it. Uh, it might be some other things happening in the world, but I think at this point, um, as long as you stay connected with me on uh, Facebook, you Facebook, Instagram, all the things, and uh, connect with me online, you'll get a chance to see what I have going on. Um, I do have an upcoming, depending upon when this uh, airs, um, Pushing to Purpose is my four-week four masterclass that's coming up. And so if that's something that you're interested in around pushing, right, and not just really into purpose, but purposeful pushing. 
And so, um, you know, pushing past fears, getting unstuck, staying in your own lane and healing so that you can help. We just closed out um, a class about a few weeks ago. And so I'm relaunching another class. I'll be doing it a couple times this year. And what I will say is, is that, um, you know, it has been transformative for the women who participated in it. Um, I won't say that men can't participate, um, but obviously my audience is women. Right. So, I mean, if you feel like, you know, you you want to participate, we can have a conversation around that. I also do one on one coaching. And okay. so, so if that's something where you're like, you know what, I just want to jump all the way in. Um, we can have conversation around that as well. And you can get information at True Heart Speaks. Well, I'll just say True Heart Speaks dot as dot me forward slash get unstuck is how you can book a 30 minute uh, strategy session with me. And that's just for me to figure out where you are, where you want to go and how we can close the gap and then push into purpose. You can find more information at um, trueheartspeaks.com forward slash P N two P. And that's the letter P the letter N the number two and the letter P. So we'll be opening enrollment for that. Now, one last question. Do you work with teenage girls? I wanted to ask you that earlier. Not anymore. Uh, well, my coaching has never been um, for teenage girls. Um, it just all depends on what it is. I think because my work with the pageant had been um, so in-depth, I spent a lot of time working with those girls. And even like a lot of the women who over the years, I've just, they, you know, I shouldn't say adopted because they're a part, they're, they're my mentees. Um, and so I could, but I don't. Okay. Um, yeah, it's not something that I I think from a coaching standpoint, I do at this point, unless God says, you know, work with them. But I do have conversations with parents about their girls and I do have conversations with the young ladies. And if I feel the need to go further, um, I think like from a ministerial standpoint, for me, that's where like prayer and a prophetic impartation and just some strategies around what they can do. But no, not at this time. Okay, good. Well, Man, it's always, I got to have you back like a, you know, like a regular talk show or something. Mm-hmm. Like that. We got we to get a big couch and bring you back out again. I, you know, I, I never get enough of chopping it up with you for sure. Uh, yeah. and I, I can't stress enough to everybody listening that this is a first class woman. So um, just, you know, in addition to an entrepreneur, she's authentic. She just didn't start last night. And I, I, I will say again that I think highly of you and all that you do. And Same of course, here. If there's ever anything that I can do to help you um, in your journeys as well, you know how to reach me. Yes. Well, everybody, thank you again and thank you, Deetra. And uh, I look forward to the next time. God bless yep. you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you again for your time today. And remember to subscribe to our podcast, rate our show, and share with others. You can also view us on the web at www.blackmovesfirst.com. My final charge to you is, what move will you make today to change your world? Stay positive, and I'm your host, Alton Jameson.